So sounds like that's what uh, that's what you had to do to be able to go on the trip and to be with those that you're that may be strangers. And so, um, yeah. If uh, don't know me, then I'm, which many of you don't. I'm Curtis Stevens, and um, from good old Crawfordsville, I farm and married to this uh, beautiful lady here, uh, Jeannie, and um, it's, um, it's a privilege to be up, up here today and scary at the same time. Uh, certainly not used to this. I think that uh, God stretches us at times when we're least expecting it, and so this is uh, one of those times uh, for me, but I'm thankful for it. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to start uh, start out in prayer. Uh, Father, thanks for for life and life abundance in Jesus Christ. Uh, we realize that we are your vessels, and that um, your desire is that we would be filled to capacity with you and be poured out, and uh, wherever you would have us to be poured out in this community or. Uh, even to the ends of the earth, as your word declares. And so we just ask that you would be glorified and magnified uh, during this time, that your word would be uh, clear, and that uh, and as we've prayed, I just agree that uh, our hearts would be open to what your word declares to us, and that we would not leave here the same but that we would desire to go on uh, even in a more uh, effective, zealous way, spreading your word through our lives. And we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a song that uh, has been really busting me lately. Uh, that ever happened to you guys? You have a song that kind of zings you? Um, and some of you, uh, maybe the maybe the older generation, maybe they're listening to Hillsong United like we do. Um, but they have a song out by the name of Oceans. Anybody familiar with that song? It's a it's a song of surrender. It speaks uh, basically, um, just as Braden was talking about. It's a where we would surrender. And I'm going to read the words you and I'm going to have them actually uh, found out that they could play it uh, so which is very cool but it's called oceans and it says you called me out upon the waters the great unknown my feet may fail and there I find you in the mystery in oceans deep my faith will stand and I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves when oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours and you are mine. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. My feet may fail when fear surrounds me. You've never failed, and you won't stop now. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. 
So yeah, if you'll play that. Thank you. Appreciate that.
So I don't know how it is with you guys. When I, when I heard that song, it really challenged me. And I hope it does. I hope it challenges all of us that <coughs> there are borders out there that, uh, that maybe that uh, we don't know about, that God has for us. And, and so um, I don't know what that means uh, for each one of us, but what I do know is that here at Harvest, there's a, um, the vision for Harvest is to live the gospel life and that we would not just be a people that would say uh, and talk about Jesus, but that we would actually live it. And so we don't know what that means as far as what God would, where he would uh, have us to be and uh, just to be bold enough uh, to say um, and humble enough to say, okay, uh, I'm going. my life is yours, and you are mine, as it, as it says. And so, we're going to be in the book of Philippians, and we're going to we're going to be in chapter one. If you have your Bibles, if you will go there. Talk about a guy without any borders, uh, Paul, um, man. You, used greatly of God, of one who uh, persecuted the, uh, the way, as it was called back then, the, the early church. And he had a, an incredible encounter, if you've uh, ever read about his encounter there in the book of Acts, where uh, as he was going to persecute uh, those that believed in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, he was going to go persecute them in Damascus, then he had an encounter with with Jesus there on Damascus Road. And through that encounter, there was a response. And that's the, and I think that that's where we have to certainly be in, in our walk is that when God speaks to us, uh, that we would be responders rather than uh, hearers only, but that we would be doers of what he is, is laying on our hearts to do. And so that's, uh, he's a great example. He, w- he will even uh, speak of that in his epistles that imitate me as I follow, as I follow Christ. And so um, this, uh, this world needs more Pauls uh, to uh, be imitated. And, and so, um, so he's, he has written a letter to uh, a church there in Philippi, and uh, he's very grateful to these people that they had sent a gift to him while he is in jail, uh, while he's in prison there in in Rome. And so he had established this church, um, loved these people, um, had visited them several times, and and now (coughs) here he is in, uh, in prison. Uh, which in Rome at this time he actually had to pay rent for a room, and, but he had a, he was always always there with a Roman guard, and so that uh, shackled to him, and and that these these Roman guards would take turns being shackled to to Paul, and so uh, an incredible thing that and th- when you read this letter, that when he established the church there in Philippi, when he was there, he got thrown in jail there. And uh, for uh, 
spreading the gospel. And so now he's now in the, uh, 10 years later, he is now in Rome and he is uh, in another cell as it were. And, uh, but he's writing a letter of encouragement to a church uh, to really stand fast in the, in the things of the Lord. And so I guess uh, as it goes back, go back to um, what uh, he is trying to, at least saying to my heart and what I want to share is that, that he wants us to surrender our lives uh, for the sake of the gospel. And <coughs> it, uh, it sounds strange to even say that, doesn't it? Huh. I'm going to surrender my life for the sake of the gospel. And so the gospel is what? It's Jesus. It's the life of Christ and what he has done on our behalf that we would put our trust and faith in him and um, that he recognizing that we were dead in our sin and that he came and he died uh, in our place for our sin. And after three days he rose again uh, to, so that we too would have eternal life uh, with him in heaven and so uh, that we would lay down our lives and so I think that that's a real surrender point for us how, how are we doing with that are our hearts there that we would would say um, you know even at work if there's an opportunity where uh, you, can't, you wouldn't be in trouble maybe it's at break time I don't know um, or at a mall or wherever that there would be an opportunity where, you know, I could, I could actually die to myself and share with, with this person that needs Jesus Christ, just as someone did with us. And so in Philippians, um, it's an incredible thing that he says about himself there in chapter 1, uh, verse 21. This is the ESV version. Uh, it says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and, and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So here he is, he's in, in prison, uh, ends up uh, there for two years, and he's uh, believing, uh, as the, was the last verse I read there, that he is going to get out and that he'll be able to see them again. Uh, and, and that did happen, is that he was able to... Uh, he was not put to death at, that, at this time uh, under Caesar, but was at a later time when he was back in jail there in, uh, under Nero. Nero put him to death. And so the example here is, is that, that Paul loves these people, and he wants, to, he wants to see them do well. And if it's needful, before God, if it's needful that he would be remaining on this earth for their cause, for their sake, and for the gospel, uh, yes, he wants to do that. But he realizes it's going to be awesome. 
when he gets to be uh, face to face with Jesus. And so let's go down to, <coughs> to the next verse there at 27. It says, only let your manner of life or conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the, for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. And so he's now going from speaking about himself and his love for them, that it would maybe needful that he uh, be there for them. Now he's going into instruction and, uh, for them and for us. And he's saying, you, uh, you have to decide something. This word let is a big word. It's only three letters, but it's a huge word. Verse 27, only let your manner or your conduct of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And so he's saying, <clears throat> be careful. Uh, watch how you live. There's a decision that we have to make that we are gospel livers rather than uh, just a, a people that would say, I'm safe. Leave me alone. I'm good. You don't need to talk to me. Uh, you don't need to encourage me. You don't need to even con tell me that I'm doing wrong. I'm safe. Is that really what God would, uh, the life that God would have for us? He's saying here that let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. What is that, that manner of life that would be worthy of the gospel of Christ? It is a life that is being poured out uh, to the whosoever's, just as Jesus did. That our thoughts are not our of, our of ourselves, but of others, and certainly all for the glory of God. And there's something that must be going on there uh, with the church uh, in the sense that they were being persecuted. Because he says... Uh, whether I'm with you or whether I'm absent, I, that I may hear of you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, with my, one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. In other words, that nothing is going to cause the church there at Philippi to waver. And so that's, the, that's us uh, as we insert harvest in, into that, that, that God has now called us. And here we are enlivened now in the gospel for those of you who are in small groups, we studied the gospel. And, uh, and so God is wanting us to not just to be, again, to be the hearers, but to be out there and to be the doers of, this, of, his, of the gospel, living that life that is sacrificial. And so And it goes on and says, and don't be frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but you, you should also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. 
So Paul was, has uh, endured tremendous uh, suffering for the sake of the gospel and, and the spreading of the gospel. If you will, hold your finger there and go to John 15, verse 18 through 21. This is something that <coughs> Jesus uh, is talking to his disciples about. Everybody there? Verse 18, John 15. He says, if or since the world hates you, but it's, let's see, it reads if. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. You can go back there to Philippians. That is uh, an amazing thing that we live in this country where we don't face that persecution. There have been those that have come back from China and they, you know, they, they see the complacency of, the, of the, those that are here in the United States. And they said, man, I need to be persecuted. Uh, that it, it would be more refining for uh, us to be under some kind of conflict, as Paul talks about. And that we would be really a people that are is after um, the very heart, like David, the very heart of God. And that is to see the, the, the lost saved and to be able to be used greatly in our community. The Bible is, uh, I don't know how you look at the Bible. Um, this is something that Lord really showed me about myself. And, um, and if this helps you, great. Uh, but the way that I look at the Bible is that I get to read this. Not that I have to, that, but I get to. That these, uh, these very words are the inspired word of God uh, through 40 authors and 66 books. Uh, when we say books, it sounds rather, hmm, sterile, doesn't it? But they're letters. And they, they were letters that were written for specific pur purposes to specific people. And here we are now, we get the opportunity to read the words of God that are expressly to our hearts. And so if we're reading this book as a historical record of what's happened, we're missing the boat. The Holy Spirit is the one that is, has given these words. The Holy Spirit is now in us and he enlivens us by way of the Spirit through these very words that we get to read. It's an amazing thing that we have the Bible. And so... What a shame if we take it for granted uh, that we would just say, nah, I'm, I just don't like to read. Well, if I were to write Jeannie, my wife, a, a letter, and um, a really heartfelt letter, uh, and she said, you know, I just don't like to read. <laughs> Rather silly, isn't it? This is the word of God uh, written expressly to our hearts. Are we going to say that? Uh, I, I, I don't like to read. This, uh, this, this word is life-changing. 
uh, you, if you want to talk about uh, surrender, then that's what um, will help you greatly, is to get to know him. And as you get to know him, you follow. Uh, you'll follow as, as he was, as he is, uh, we will be also. And so I'm, I just really want to encourage you to, to look at this word as just a great gift, uh, which it is. And so here we are reading the very gift, the very letter that uh, is written uh, to us. Written to the Philippians? Yes. Uh, but it is also written uh, to us. We have the same Holy Spirit in us. The other th another thing about that is that the validity of, of the, uh, the word is always under attack. Um, and so it's as if, uh, I ta I've talked with Mark and Glenn about this, uh, Mark Truax and Glenn McFarland. Um, I don't know Mark very well, but I hear he's a doctor. I don't, I don't go to him, and so I can actually say because I don't, I've never seen him practice, um, and he says he's a doctor, I could laugh at him, and I said, right, you're a doctor. And then, having lunch with Glenn, I, I mentioned this, you know, I think that I, I'd like to use Mark as an object lesson. Uh, he said, well, I go to him. I thought, well, will you be a witness? Would you, be a, would you put that in writing that, that this man is a, is a doctor? And, and so he would, he would put it in writing. And so go back to 1 John, chapter 1. John, who has written letters about, about being with Jesus. There at verse 1, he says, That which was from the beginning, giving testimony that Jesus was, wasn't created in the beginning, he was the creator of the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and we have touched this Jesus with our hands and concerning the word of life, that he is the word of life, the life was made manifest. In other words, it was revealed, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with, a, was, which was with the Father and now was made manifest to us, that which we have seen and heard and proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ isn't that cool that we have we have men who were with Jesus and in John's case he was with them for three years and he wrote he's written about him and we get to read about Jesus Paul having an encounter with Jesus and we get to read about what now God has 
for Paul in his life. So now chapter 2, verse 1, back in Philippians. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So we had looked at from 27, uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 27 through 30, we looked at the surrender for the gospel's sake. Um, now we're looking at the surrender for each other's sake. That now this gospel is alive in us, and as we've been comforted greatly, we can give testimony that we have been comforted by the gospel, which is God in us. And so he brings comfort to us. W- when you think about your, your testimony, when you first uh, received Christ, and uh, some, some had pretty radical changes. Uh, I was, I'm, I'm one of them. That he, he really did change me radically. Um, and uh, I know that that's uh, the case with some of you. And so you read these words now, if there's any comfort from love, well, of course, yeah. How much does he love us that he would die for us? And so we can, we can actually take in these words that he's saying to us that, yes, God is good uh, through Jesus Christ. And as Paul is writing these words, he's writing to the Philippians, he's probably remembering the gift that they gave him how they loved Paul enough that they would send money for his needs there. He had to pay rent uh, there in Rome, and so they sent money. And so I read one commentary where it said that Paul was very possibly sitting in the cell or in that room, chained to the guard, and uh, he may have been wondering about them. Man, do they uh, do they love me? Do they, are they how are they doing? You know, and just uh, the thoughts that would have been going through his mind, and and then here comes Epaphrod- uh, who is it? Epaphroditus that uh, that comes in with a letter from um, Philippi, and also with money to support Epaphroditus, and so he sends this letter back to them by way of Epaphroditus. And so he's encouraged by what they've done. His, uh, he's, he has found out that they're doing well. Have you ever had a, a we have two sons that live out in, in Denver, and there's, there have been times, man, we wonder how they're doing. Based on what we're hearing from them, how are they doing, you know, in the Lord? And so we can relate to maybe the emotions that were going on uh, with Paul and I had a buddy that um, was very concerned about his daughter out in in uh, California, in L.A. And uh, I said, well, go visit her. And so he did. Uh, he went out there. And so he shoots me, when he's out there, he shoots me a text with a, a picture, you know, doing the selfie thing. Is that what's called, the selfie? Uh, 
shoots a picture back with them, and she looks great. And you can see in his face, oh man, she's okay. She's all right. And so what a great uh, encouragement to Paul this was, and that that the church is continuing on in the things of the gospel and, and certainly toward one another. And he's saying now continue on, love one another and, and uh, be participants of the things in, this, in the Holy Spirit and have that affection or be tenderhearted and sympathetic towards one another. And if you do, as you do that, you complete my joy. It says there in verse two, complete my joy being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and one of one mind. The, uh, the things of the Spirit, when we, when we think about comfort, when we think about the things of the Holy Spirit, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 1. Paul is now writing, uh, this is a letter to the church in Corinth. He's, he's writing it from Ephesus. And um, in verse 9, oh, excuse me, let's go to verse, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. Can we testify to that? That he is a, our comforter so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And so that's what he's talking about as far as the comfort. And But then when we think back in the time of Jesus when he was is on the earth and he's talking to his disciples and he said, you know what, uh, I'm going to be going away from you. They're going to they're persecute me there and in fact they're going to kill me. But in three days I'm going I'm to rise again. He tells this to his disciples. But then he tells them in uh, chapter 14 that I'm going to give you another one just like me, a uh, comforter uh, by who, is, who is the Holy Spirit. And so... As we go through anything, whether it be your foot, how God is probably working in you that you're going to be able to comfort somebody with the same comfort that you're being comforted. It's difficult, but we realize that God is with us. Emmanuel is with us. And so that we are able to, to when we see somebody else going through something similar that we've been through, that we're able to extend that love and compassion and comfort um, to that individual. And that, uh, and that takes surrender. Surrender to the things of, of the Spirit uh, that he would, would have us get out of our box and go up to somebody that and to extend the words of comfort to them. It says, verse 3, now back in Philippians chapter 2, he says, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than others. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. I um, don't want to put anybody on the spot, 
I do know that um, it was in the paper, you probably have uh, heard about this, seen this, that there was a fire uh, family in Newmarket. Anybody know this family? Aware of that? Is there, is, huh? I can hear it. Both service? Surface. Oh, last name is Surface, okay. So, you know, it's like when you read about somebody, it's Christmas and they've had a, they've had a house fire and they've lost a tremendous amount. How does that hit us? Uh, how do, what do we do as a church? What do we do as an individual? And um, so it's, it's something that should challenge us, that we would look out of the borders of, the, of this church and into the community and that they would realize that, oh my gosh, God loves me through these people that have poured into my life. So going on now in verse 5. By the way, is anything, do, is there anything being done along that line for them? Anybody know from us group? Yeah. Very nice, very cool. I don't know if you heard that. There was uh, another family that uh, that they had had a fire, and they they were given so much that that they gave the overflow to this other family who um, had the fire, and they were Christians. Verse five now, chapter two, Philippians. Have this mind among yourselves, which is uh, yours in Christ Jesus. The New King James says. Have this mind among yourselves, which uh, was in Christ Jesus, um, which I like a little bit better. Um, verse six: Who through, who through, or excuse me, who though he was in the form of God, did not count it e equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him, speaking of Jesus, the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so now he is um, talking about here surrendering our minds or surrendering our wills uh, to, um, to God. And he's using now Jesus uh, as the template, as our example. And so when I read this, I, I can remember, um, uh, some of you know my story, when I, uh, after I got saved, I, I just fell in love with the word and I uh, would go to Arby's and I did that for a couple of years. I would go there every morning, open the place up. I'd be there at 6.30 in the morning and I would read before I'd go out to the farm. And, and uh, <coughs> something that was really impressed on me is again in, uh, in this where it says, uh, have this mind or let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that word let. And so there it is again, that I have to make a decision about 
Do I want to surrender my life to him that he now would uh, be the Lord of my life, uh, that he would have the controls, the reins of my life? And so that's what he's saying here is that uh, let, this, let this be so in your life. If you love him, follow him. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It's the abundant life as we find out in John chapter 10, verse 10. So it says, let this mind be in, in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count it equality with God. And so here Jesus is God, and he empties himself. He totally empties himself and uh, became a little baby for celebrating Christmas. Came down, seen the God seeing our need for a savior. And he became a little bitty baby. Grew up um, under Joseph and Mary. And then at the age of 30, uh, of course, according to um, the law, the Levitical law, is that it would be that he would be a minister, and so that's that's exactly what he did. He started his ministry at age thirty, and so when you think about, okay, he's fully God. This is what it's saying: it's fully God, and he's but he's fully man, and so he didn't use those. Uh, the fully God part, uh, to lord over the people. He became as one of us and was uh, obviously tremendously persecuted as he would uh, point people to himself, their savior, for their sins. And so that's what he says, that the, the magnitude of who Jesus is just go over a few pages, at least in my book, uh, or in my Bible. Uh, go over to Colossians um, chapter 1, verse 15. So remember that what it's talking about is that he made himself, he didn't consider it uh, robbery, as the New King James says, to be equal with God. But what he did is he made himself nothing before God and for, for our sake. Verse 15 says that here's what the, the word is saying about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Jesus and for him. And he is, Jesus, is before all things, and in him all things held together. And he is the head of the body, the church. And so we think about that. The one who, the one who created everything uh, has come down uh, from heaven to take on the form of a man uh, that he would be beaten by man beaten by uh, sinful man. And so it's obviously that's the case is uh, when we think about that he had to die in our place um, or else we'd been in a heap of trouble, wouldn't we? Yeah, we we uh, wouldn't have had a chance because we were sinners. But he died for our sins. 
But he's the creator. He's the, one, he's the one that made you and me and everything that we see. So verse 7 says, He made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. And so when you see that word servant, it uh, refers that in that culture that he was, had the lowest status on the social ladder. There is no one lower. He was just, uh, or you, some of you, if you have a New King James, it'll say bondservant. Uh, he, was a, he was a slave. And so um, incredible what he's done on our behalf. Verse 8, and being found in human form, what did he do? He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He humbled himself. What's, he, what's, what's uh, Paul trying to do here is, um, it says right at the beginning, don't forget it, is that let this mind be in you. And so now we're seeing this template of, what, uh, of Jesus and he's saying let this mind be in you. Humble yourself, Curtis. And become obedient. obedient. Um, and so when it talks about uh, to the point of death, even death on the cross, certainly that's what Jesus did. But Jesus also said, now you pick up your cross, Curtis, or insert your name there. Pick up your cross and uh, you, follow, you follow me. And basically, um, let me read that. I want to read that uh, word for word. You don't have to go there. Um, Mark chapter 8 Jesus calling the crowd to him with his disciples he said to them if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and profit his soul. And so to, to take up our cross is obviously a cross is an instrument of death. And so it was, uh, that's what the Romans used back then as a, for that they would use crucifixion as a capital punishment back then. And so Jesus is saying now we are to die to ourselves. And that uh, <clears throat> the only way that we can follow Jesus is that we would humble ourselves and that we would follow him with a whole heart. And so uh, I, had a, I had a buddy that, um, oh, it's been quite a few years ago, but he was coming to, he was coming to church and, and uh, this guy was uh, actually a, a guy that I've known for a long time and he, he didn't want to have anything to do with me. As because I was a follower, you know, and I was uh, avidly uh, following Jesus, and and uh, he thought that it was pretty ridiculous. Uh, and so, so then he started coming to church, and it's like, all right, what's going on with with him? And and so after the third time, I went over to him, and I said, okay, we know each other, uh, but I don't know you. In, the, in a way that I'd love to know you. What's going on? What's going on in your heart? What are you, what are you here for? And he goes, you know, I've read the Bible twice. And uh, I, don't, I, don't get, I never did get it. And then, I <coughs> and then he said these words. He said, and then it, the Lord hit me. He said that 
that I cannot have a relationship with him apart from humility. I mean, this is a guy that's a brand new believer, is that he realized that in his pride, he wanted the information, give me the information, I just want the information. Uh, you know, he was around, uh, it turns out, a bunch of coaches at Wabash College that were following Christ, and he wanted that. He really wanted that in his life, and, and he was reading the Bible, and he, but he couldn't get it. But his pride was in the way. And then he didn't tell me what the, where he was at in the Bible, but God got hold of his heart, and uh, he realized what a prideful man that he's always has been, and so he laid down his life and uh, is now a follower. follower. And we're friends. It's amazing. We go out to eat. It's like, it just blows me away what God is able to do. So we, speaking of Jesus and then speaking of us, we are to humble ourselves by becoming obedient. We're to lay, lay our lives down. Verse 9, Therefore, God has highly exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at, at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So the name that was given, the angel Gabriel, that uh, was given to Mary was the name Jesus. What's, uh, what's Jesus mean? Does anybody know what Jesus means? What is it? That's Emmanuel. Yeah, God saves. The Lord saves. That's what Jesus means. So he was given the name that is above every name, and it's the Lord saves. Um, that at the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, as it talks about, um, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So, based on the fact that Jesus laid down his life, he became humble, became man. He humbled himself before his father and even to us to the point of death, uh, to the death on the cross. And so based on that, because of that, God now is, is saying this. He has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name you know that, that as we follow Christ, that uh, we have um, believers in Jesus Christ, following Jesus Christ, that our names are written in the book of life and that we are going to have a new, new name in heaven. Isn't that cool to think about? Uh, that we too, as we now lay down our lives and follow him, uh, we're going to rise again and we're going, or we're going to rise and we're going to be with him. Uh, forever. Just as he, uh, God, saw in his son Jesus what he is, that he was obedient, that he did all that he was to do, uh, he was exalted. And so, might it be with us? Yeah, we're going to mess up. Uh, we're, we still sin. But that's what Jesus came for, right? Uh, the thing is, is are we following him? Are we repentant of our sin? Uh, are we, is there sin? And let me put it this way. I had, a, had breakfast with a guy 
I'm going to be heading up the uh, Lenten breakfast this year. Um, it'll be starting the first part of March. And uh, a guy had asked me if he could speak. And uh, this was at the very last Lenten breakfast last year. Caught me off guard, and I said, well, sure. And so um, well, I was driving around the other, the other day. It's probably been a month ago. And I saw him in his truck, and, uh, and the Lord laid something on my heart about him. And I thought, wow, uh, really? And so I, I, you know, you have to, I have to check this, this out. And so uh, I asked him to breakfast. We had breakfast, and I, I told him what um, that Lord laid on my heart, and he started crying. He goes, And uh, it's something that was ongoing, that he wasn't repentant of, that he was mixing in with his relationship with Jesus Christ. And that ought not to be so. It's, uh, it's you know, it bums me out. I wish I could drink coffee without putting a bunch of cream and sugar in it, you know, it, because I can't even say that I drink coffee because I have so much in there with it. So you think about our relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Are we going to bring the world into our relationship uh, with Jesus Christ and say, I'm doing awesome in the Lord. And, you know, and it's just, uh, you know, uh, it's sin finds us out. And so I just want to encourage you, if there's something that is of an ongoing, you know, being convicted about it even right now, uh, that you need to surrender to the Lord, God will honor it. God will absolutely honor that, and he will restore you as you continue on in him. It will, that will go farther and farther to the, to the back, and it won't even become a part of, of who you are as you go on in Christ. I have no idea how I got there, but nevertheless, um, and every time is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Remember, Jesus came as a servant, that'd be the lowest, and every tongue is going to confess that he is truly Lord, that is the highest. Lord of our lives, to the glory of God the Father. So, uh, that's what I want to encourage you with, is that word that if... Uh, if you know, uh, he's talking to the church at Philippi just as he's talking to the church at Harvest. The church is made up of, of people, and so he's talking to the individual hearts. And so is there anything that you need to surrender? Is there, is, do you know that you are not uh, where you need to be with him? Um, I would encourage you that today, now, uh, here, let's, uh, let's pray about that and get right with the Lord and uh, get in the race as, as we're encouraged, uh, knowing that Jesus Christ is at the finish line waiting with open arms to say, hey, well done, good and faithful servant. So as the uh, worship team comes up, oh. Father, I just thank you for your word and uh, how your word really uh, does cut to the, to the very center of our being. Uh, we realize that you're great. Um, 
that you truly are our Lord and that we're, we're your servants. And help us, help us uh, as only you can to, for us to be able to see you uh, in a way that we maybe never have even this morning. I just do want to pray that if there's anyone here that uh, needs to, to lay down the things of this world to not be mingling um, the things of this world and into the, the relationship with you. Uh, Father, help them. We just uh, look to you. Uh, you are truly who you say you are. Your word declares it. As we looked in First John, your word declares it. You are just as Mark is a physician, you are the Christ, the anointed one sent by your Father to save us and to comfort us. And we give you praise here in Jesus' name. Amen.